Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Scrum. So last week we talked a lot about empathy, and we were talking a lot about how you could be empathic with the people you're talking to and how maybe it wouldn't be such a great idea to convince them. Maybe you could actually find a way to agree with them. But then, Jeffrey, you said at the end, and we didn't have time for it, that you had a story that uh, both involved um, a, a good empathic um, motivational interviewing type uh, story, uh, a situation, a place where someone used it, but also involved empathy for oneself. So not only empathy for the person you're talking to, but uh, understanding and having compassion for yourself. Uh, I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, okay. And, and this is actually going to talk about elements of many different um, techniques and toolkits that we've talked about uh, in the past. So this is someone who I'm working with and, and uh, we talk about uh, different scenarios all the time and uh, coaching. And one thing that they've been working on recently uh, is the how question. And th that you might remember comes from the book, Never Split the Difference, uh, where the, the, the person has the insight that like the, a why question is an attack in every language. So rather than say like, why isn't this done? <laughs> <laughs> you you ask you try to find how questions that, because those put you on the same side you know how can we try to get this done you know by the time we need it for these clients you know you try to convert your instinctive why into a how so that was something he's been working on and he he came to me and he said you know I I had this exchange uh, and I was really angry and I and I tried using the how question but I did it sarcastically and I and I knew I did and it you know, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> and that, and that was like the first insight. And I, that I think is worth sharing because when we talk about these things about empathy and leap and motivational interviewing, it only works if you're in the right uh, frame of mind, you have to really genuinely be curious. You have to really be trying to uh, connect. If you try to use it as like a, a magic spell, <laughs> you know, with, without being in the right place if you think is a technique oh if i just ask a how question things will people will like me and things will work out it, it doesn't work uh, and i bet you know if you were benedict cumberbatch or if you were some world-class actor you, you you could probably pull it off that you could act as if you genuinely had these feelings and you gener genuinely were empathetic with the other person but none of us are that good at acting and i doubt <laughs> even they are so uh, it, it really will show through if, for example, you say, oh, yes, I, I really understand why you need this to be done on Friday. And I agree with you um, that, that uh, we should uh, have the team work uh, 24 hours a day until it's finished. If you don't <laughs> believe that, it will be no more convincing than what I just said. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, and, and maybe one thing you said there is that the, the actor would have to connect with those feelings. They would have to generate those feelings inside them. Yes, that's what they do is they kind of create a persona that has the feeling even if the actor does not. Exactly. And so so part of it in my conversation with this person is uh, there's another thing we had talked about and a tool we've talked about on here, which which I think you said was the greatest consulting tool ever because it's just a line. <laughs> it's just a horizontal line on a page. And this comes from the conscious leadership group. And they talk about having this line. And, and basically, you need to check in with yourself and say, am I above the line or below the line? And I always struggle with this one. We, we had an episode on this, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, we did. We'll have to link to that one because I, I, I still struggle with it. Maybe you can explain it to me better this time and I'll be more successful <laughs> this time. Well, you're just, you're checking and kind of say like, am I in 
uh, if I'm below the line, then I'm um, angry, I'm defensive, I'm closed to learning. That's really what it is. It's like I'm 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 upset, and I'm not I'm not open to other people's ideas and thoughts. And you know, everyone is wrong and horrible, and and I'm, I have a sort of us versus them, unilateral control, negative uh, uh, mindset. If if I'm above the line, then I'm I'm curious. I'm open to learning. Um, in, in, and I'll say it's not that you, you know, uh, it's that everything is, is sunshine and roses. You can be angry, <laughs> and above the line, <laughs> but you're but you're consciously angry. You're, you're kind of you're aware of what you're upset about, and that ties in very much to the story. Um, so we had this conversation about being above the line, and I said, you know, it it can be very helpful to have more insight into how you're actually feeling that being clear on how you're feeling will help you with clear communication. And we brought up the example of nonviolent communication. Now, that's one of the techniques we mentioned last week in terms of empathy. But the key thing here is nonviolent communication also talks about being empathetic with yourself. And they have this wonderful resources of a feelings inventory. And it says, you know, here's feelings you have when your needs are being met and feelings you have when your needs are not being met. And the most amazing thing about this inventory, which we'll, we'll link to in the show notes, but the most amazing thing about this inventory is how long it is. It takes multiple pages. <laughs> I mean, this thing is, yes. is huge. And I, I, I'm not sure whether maybe some of our listeners who speak other languages fluently can tell us. I'm not sure if it's English or if it's just humans, but in English, at least, we have an awful lot of words for, for different kinds of feelings. So we have sadness and depression and annoyance and um, anger, and we, we, we have, uh, you know, they're all colors of maybe the same underlying cause, or they all come from similar uh, sources. But man, we have an awful lot of different feelings. So uh, the inventory is very helpful for expanding your feeling vocabulary. Yes, and that's the, we, he, the the person I've talked about this exactly. That you know, it's not just that it's so long. There's eighty or so words on it, maybe more. But that, the two things I said is, I I told him I said my first experience coming across this list was, wow, I know every single word on this list, and and as you say, they're all kind of fine gradations and there's subtle nuances about the difference between different types of feelings. And that oh yeah, these two words they're in the same kind of grouping, but man, they mean different things. So one was I knew all these words, and second, I never spoke them. Okay, I wanted to. I wanted to have in my life like how many times did you use this word to describe in the phrase of like I feel X, <laughs> and I realized yeah I probably never use most of these words, and especially at work. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody talking about feeling joyful or depressed or um, uh, frustrated? Frustrated maybe, but joyful never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, this whole, this whole range, and, and this is exactly where we're going, is sort of to say, to if to help get yourself above the line uh, in your in the negative scenario, you know, try to find the words that really describe what it is that you're feeling. And he had the he had the realization. Oh, the reason that he had been upset was because he'd been expecting some some data to be there that everyone had agreed about, you know, usage data, but it wasn't there. It hadn't been captured. And he's and he was trying to gather this data for a presentation, and he's like, I just felt hopeless, and I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and so that act of kind of realizing what exactly getting in touch really with what his feelings were, like that could bring him above the line. And now the next thing to do was to share it to tell people that that's how he was feeling. And so he put together a 
a, a little note back to people. This was an exchange that happened in Teams. His original sarcastic response was there. Um, Teams, the application. So he's he's in a chat application here. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So he went back to the message and said, hey, I'm I'm sorry I did that. I was upset. So here on what happened was when I couldn't find that, I was really left feeling hopeless. And, and he said, like, two things happened. One is, first of all, he had been feeling very bad about this exchange. It had been kind of weighing on him. And second is then when he could share it, not only did he feel better for kind of getting it off his chest about what had really happened and apologizing, but also I think other people then had a better understanding for what he was going through at the time and where his, you know, upsetness came from. And they could have empathy for him. And that's the that's the insight that nonviolent communication brings, which is when you speak in terms of, hey, I, I had this feeling because I had this need not being met. You know, I, I want to trust you. And when I couldn't find the stuff that was there, I you know, I was I was felt hopeless and it and it and it damaged my trust that then then people will uh, have empathy for you. And that was his his experience. And I just thought it was a really nice vignette about how we talked about empathetic listening and these different skills, but part of it is to actually understand your own feelings. The last time you talked about having empathy for someone else, even, you know, not necessarily uh, agreeing with their view of the world, but being able to say, wow, I can see how, you know, you'd be upset for these reasons. But the, the, the inverse of that is being in touch with your own feelings and what's causing you to be upset and being able to share them. And then with the idea that other people will have empathy in response. So I thought that was a nice uh, symmetry to those two uh, discussions. And, and the value of this, I have to believe, tell me if this isn't the case, would uh, it also include that the uh, conversation with the other person who had left out the data would now be a more trusting conversation, one that could involve that person's feelings. That person might feel frustrated that the uh, data doesn't exist. And boy, it would sure be helpful to find out that the data doesn't exist, and then you wouldn't have to feel hopeless that it isn't there, and the person wouldn't have to feel frustrated. But that kind of thing often gets hidden, especially when you show up wanting to convince the other person, which is where we started this So uh, last week. So when, when your mindset is, I'm trying to convince this person to give me the data, you're kind of close to the idea the data might not exist, or that you might be a there might be a regulation preventing you sharing it or something like that. And uh, the, the processes we've been talking about where you're motivationally interviewing the other person to try to understand uh, and help them to generate arguments for and against the idea, and you're having empathy for yourself, you're understanding and sharing the feelings that you have, those often open you up to lots more information. And that's why we always say that having this trust conversation, these conversations about feelings and empathy, which often seem like they're slow, oh gosh, this is going to slow everything down. I'm going to have to have, you know, play a guitar and sing Kumbaya and talk about my feelings <laughs> before I can actually get on and do the thing. The, the truth is actually the opposite. You get to the result much more quickly if you have the empathic conversation first. That, that's right. And, and I think the, the end here is that you get, there's two outcomes here. There's two work products. One was actually getting the data that he was looking for. But the other output is building a stronger relationship for the future. That when we see each other as three-dimensional people, when we, when, we, when we have a better understanding of people's uh, thoughts and feelings and the emotions that move them, that we, we work better together. As humans, we just work better when we have empathy for each other, when we have a better understanding of each other. So the investment isn't just that we get the immediate work product, but in the future, we, we've built trust and respect among people in the team. Oh, I understand why they were, were 
behaving that way. I have a better mental model of who they are and one that I can then uh, uh, respond to better in the future. So there's the, the long-term benefits as well as the short-term ones. And, uh, and so it, even this case here where he went back after essentially the work had been done to ex add the explanation that there's huge value in that and there's huge future dividends to come for that investment. Fantastic. All right. Well, if listeners are finding that they'd like to get some of these same dividends, they'd like to get some of the, the results of uh, an empathic conversation, a, a higher trust relationship, being able to get immediate, greater information, longer term, better collaboration. If you'd like to do all those things, but you're struggling or you have questions about it or you don't agree that these are good ways to get to them, we'd love to hear from you. And the way to get in touch with us is, of course, at agileconversations.com. And on there, you'll find our email and our X's or whatever you call it this week. Uh, ask Elon, but uh, um, you can get in touch with us that way. And of course, we also have videos and our book and lots of other free material on agileconversations.com. So we'd love to hear from you there. As well as, of course, we'd love to see you again next Wednesday uh, on the next edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.